Welcome to the Australian Macadamia Society podcast. Listen in as we speak with macadamia growers, researchers and industry experts leading the way in best practice macadamia farming. For more information on anything you hear today, please head to our website, australianmacadamias.org industry. In this episode, consultant and native bee expert Alyssa Gooley talks with Leonie Coyetten from the Australian Macadamia Society about why native bees are suited to macadamia production. They cover questions like how many different species of native bees are there in Australia? Which species are we likely to encounter in orchards? How many bees are there in the average hive? How far do bees forage? How do you manage beehives in an orchard? And what is their susceptibility to pests and diseases? If you are a macadamia grower interested in promoting native bees, wild and managed in your orchard, then this podcast outlines where to start. Welcome everyone to our podcast today. My name is Leonie Coyetten, the Industry Development Manager at the Australian Macadamia Society. And today I have our wonderful guest, Alyssa Gooley, here with us. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Leonie. How are you? Good, good. And uh, Alyssa is here to talk about the wonderful world of native bees in macadamia orchards. She's a consultant and a native bee enthusiast, and it's great to have you with us. Thank you. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about your background and work in macadamia, Alyssa? Yeah, so I started um, doing a Bachelor of Science majoring in plants at the University of Queensland. Uh, Then I moved on to some conservation and land management work. Um, and then ended up at a, at a large-scale macro orchard. Um, there I was doing numerous jobs. I was doing their integrated pest management plan, um, conducting some on, on-farm research um, into nutrition, uh, pollination. Uh, as, as well as that, I was doing a bit of revegetation works and then managing, managing the native bees there at the farm. So, like I said, one of your areas of interest is native bees, but also in a broader aspect, integrated pest management. How were you able to apply that at this large macadamia organisation? Yeah, so so the, the, main, the main thing that we were doing was just regular monitoring, so getting out boots on the ground, getting out into the orchard and, and seeing what bugs, bugs were out there. Not only the pest species, but also the, the beneficial species that are out in the orchard, and that would inform um, spray decisions. Uh, but... We were in a pretty pretty good situation there in terms of having a lot of native veg surrounding the orchard as well as uh, spatial isolation. So we're talking specifically today about native bees and how um, they integrate with macadamia production. Um, in your experience, what's the uptake from growers introducing bees into their orchard? Yeah, I've spoken to a lot of growers that are are very passionate about their native bees themselves and are either managing them on farm or getting uh, lease agreements with with some of the native bee companies like the AMBC and and Kinkin native bees. So why are native bees so suited to pollinate macadamia flowers? So native bees and macadamias have been evolving together over millions of years. Um, they've the floral structure um, of the macadamia is very attractive to the bees. Um, they like white flowers, they like small flowers. Um, the, the protein content, content of the pollen is, um, is, is really good and really attractive to the native bees. Um, they also, even if you're watching them in, in the orchard, they make 
a lot of contact with the stigma, which is, is where pollination actually occurs. So as opposed to, let's say, a bigger honeybee, they're probably more adapted, you're saying, to get to the right spot on the macadamia flower. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously European bees still have a massive place. They're a big, strong bee, so they can get around and, and pollinate a lot of flowers and, and travel that bit further. But the native bees, yeah, are, I would say more, more efficient pollinators of, of macadamias. So... Just to go back, how many different species of native bees are there in Australia and how many are we likely to encounter in a macadamia orchard? Okay, so the, the number's not really well known. The, the, the number of named species at the moment is sitting around 1,650, but that could be anywhere up to 2,000, 2000 species of bees. There's a lot of bees in Australia and not a lot of entomologists doing the research to um, identify the bees. Um, so, but in the macro orchard, uh, there's been a lot of research done, a lot of it by Tim Hurd, um, and he's found that about 95% of the visitors, the uh, insect visitors to macadamias are either European bees or native bees, depending on which environment um, is which uh, ratio of European or native bees. Um, other bees that you find that you will find in the orchards are the laser glossums um, and the homolictus bees, um, but yeah, to, to a much smaller extent than the native bees or the European bees. So, when we see a, a native orchard, how many bees are we talking about that are in that sort of hive, and how far would they forage from that hive? So, with native beehives, it can be quite varied. So, you can have anywhere from 1,000 to 7,000 bees inside the inside the nest at one time um, and in terms of how far they forage there's been a lot of recent research done into that um, and they found that for native bees around 97 percent of the bees remain within 100 meters of the nest so they're not foraging very far um, in comparison european bees are you know up to a kilometer so that would suggest then you probably have to have a higher stocking rate of Absolutely. native bees. Yeah, so because of, one, the distance that they can travel and two, two the, number of, the number of bees in the hive. So European bees can have up to 40,000 bees in the, in the hive. So that's in a managed hive. Let's say a grower's got their own. But we get a lot of benefit from wild native bees, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so again, that is dependent on which situation you're in. If you're at a farm that has a lot of uh, vegetation surrounding the orchard, then you're more likely to, to get added benefit from wild pollinators. If you're in a sort of monoculture situation, then you're, you are less likely to, to have those wild, wild pollinators there in, in high enough numbers to, to contribute to your pollination. Uh, and that actually is, is uh, a point for the sort of varroa, varroa incidents um, in that in those in the areas where, where there has been varroa detected then unmanaged pollination is is going to no longer exist um, until you know the, the levels build up again. So we we know that in a country similar to ours like New Zealand when varroa came in um, it really decimated the feral wild populations of, of 
honeybees. So we're in a better situation in Australia because natives aren't as susceptible? Yeah, well, natives aren't susceptible at all to, to varroa. There's been a lot of research done and, and the bees exist... Uh, sort of genera of, of bees exist in other locations where there is varroa and there, there's been no effect on the native hives there. So, yeah, we, I think we are in a better position because we've got, we've got the native bees. But I, I know that varroa doesn't only mean that uh, the bee is susceptible to that parasite, but it also is far more susceptible to diseases as well? Absolutely, absolutely. And what we don't know is whether some of those follow-on diseases may impact may impact native bees to, to some degree. So what would the impact be on some of those um, native plant species then, where uh, native bees are really symbiotic and um, if, you know, honeybees were left... Oh, if honeybees were eradicated and it was only natives left? Yeah, we would be having substantially less less pollination services of our native plants as well as in agricultural systems. So if I'm a grower and I'm interested in promoting or having um, native bees, either wild or managed in the orchard, where do I start? Um, so there's a few good resources. Aussie Bee is a website that you can get onto and look at bee suppliers in your local area uh, if you want to go go about it and, and manage your own hives. Alternatively, again, those, those leasing companies with, for native hives, you can get in contact with them. Um, I would also recommend Tim Hurd's book on, on Australian native bees. It's a great resource for, for figuring out where you want to start and how you're going to manage those bees. So I know that one of the benefits of having honeybees in the orchard is certainly that they're uh, really good to help um, honeybee hives build up and then we get the honey from that and then the um, apiarist could share that or you know, have some sort of relationship with the grower. What happens with native hives then? Does it produce as much honey or is the honey different? How does it work? Yeah, so, so the native hives do produce honey. They produce a lot less honey. So they only produce at max probably about a kilo a year. Um, the honey, I, I don't mind the taste. Some people don't, don't love it. It's, it's a bit more astringent, uh, tangier flavour. Um, but... I think it, it may very well add to the add to the macadamia story. With their native bees, macadamias taste great, coated in honey. There there might be an opportunity in future to 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 look at native bee, native honey, coated macadamias. And since you were saying they don't forage very far, you're able to honestly say they are macadamia. It is macadamia honey. You know, with with sometimes with the honeybees. Absolutely, they, yeah. It's difficult. They could have foraged on anything. So, besides the macadamias that we know in that springtime, there's that floral resource. What if I want to have natives in my orchard? But what do I do when they're normal macadamia flowers? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a that's the challenge really. Um, is is feeding feeding the bees when there when there is no macadamias flowering. Um, so at times, even when you've got good vegetation, if you're managing hives and you're bringing a large number of hives into a small area, there is probably going to be a requirement to to provide some alternative floral source. Um, you 
growers have the ability in macadamias to do that in their interrows. Uh, it is obviously an added cost, but there's other research that's shown that there's an increase in beneficial insects as well as as pollinators in the orchard. Um, but there is some good good resources out there available. Um, Helen Wallace and Rachel Wilson did some research on metabarcoding pollen. So they basically scanned the pollen, identified what the pollen parent, what, what species it belonged to, and then through that they were able to identify a list of species that feed native bees in the macadamia off season that that resource is available on the AMS website so we've sort of we've got a recipe list that'll tell you what they like um, I suppose growers then still have to manage that there's the right amount flowering at all year all times of the year yeah absolutely so they are they are native bees and they're used to our native environment, which isn't floral constancy. Uh, you you never walk out in the bush and there is always you know big blooms. So they can tolerate times where there's low floral resource, but there certainly needs to be a consistent floral resource available for them. And what about water? There's so much talk about you know honey bees and how much water an average hive use. Do I have to have a water source for native bees? No. So there's no native requirement. Uh, there's no requirement for for having a water source available for the native bees. They get all of their water from from the nectar. So in many ways, you're saying that there are benefits and they are easier to manage, um, certainly from that side, and also that. They're not going as far, and so they're not subject to, let's say, a neighbour spraying something. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, as as opposed to to honeybees, what are some of the downsides of native bees? So that 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 short travelling distance is both a benefit and a negative because obviously with that with that distance you're going to have to spread them out a lot more evenly throughout your orchard to get to get even pollination. Um, other, another impact is even in the off-season, so they're not in your macadamia orchard, they're in native vegetation. If you put the hives close to each other, they, they, they can be fighting, fighting swarms. Um, so in terms of management, you can't bring them all into the orchard, have them all spread out, take them out of the orchard and have them clustered all together in one spot like you would with honeybees. Mm. What about honeybees and native bees do they play well together can you put them both in the orchard yeah absolutely and that i i certainly would would recommend recommend doing that european bees typically are foraging on nectar in the orchard in the macadamias whereas the native bees are 90 percent of them typically are foraging on pollen um, so if they're, they're going after different different resources on the one flower and i think wherever you've got increased diversity uh, that's going to improve your pollination. So you've been talking how efficient they are, but this is a uh, view that they're lazy teenagers that don't get out of bed until midday. What's that about? So they have temperature requirements to fly because they're such tiny little things. They don't want to come. They don't want to come out of their home and fly when it's too cold or too windy. So the conditions need to be right for them to fly. Luckily, conditions being right to, for them to fly coincides with, with our macadamia flowering. So how does that change where we place them in an orchard to get them up and out of bed sooner? 
So ideally in an orchard setting you want to place them where they get good morning sun um, but not where they're exposed to too much hot middle of the day sun. So that's, that's an ideal position for the... And more generally, how can the health of native bees and other insects as you were talking about be an indicator of orchard health or resilience for us? So I think a lot of people bang on about biodiversity, but it is very important. We need to have redundancy in systems. And, you know, if there's this particular pollinator isn't available for whatever reason, we need to have another tool in our arsenal to, um, to, to take that position. And as you're saying, that there's a potential secondary income source or uh, another value-added product potentially from native bees in the orchard. Yeah, absolutely. So that's either through the sale of duplicated hives, um, the sale of, of native bee products, so honey or propolis. So talk through the duplicated hives. What does that mean? So most of the hives are in three-tiered boxes. Um, there's a bottom, a middle and a top. To duplicate the hive, you separate the bottom and the middle and you, you put on a new top for the old bottom and a new bottom for the old top. That's essentially the hive duplication process. It is a bit more difficult than that in practice. There's a lot of resources available online um, that can help, help people on, on how to do that hive duplication process. Oh, and I suppose more people that could help you do that splitting um, and then also an avenue of where you could sell on those hives. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so a few of those groups that do the splitting for you will offer a consignment service and, and purchase those hives off of you for, for sale. So what's the going rate for a native bee hive? Full of bees, obviously. Yeah, full of bees, around $500. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're on a farm and you've got, you've got 100 hives and you're able to duplicate that, that's a substantial, substantial figure. While getting the benefit of, you know, increased pollination. Which, Absolutely. Which we know increases total kernel recovery, yield, and also uh, a range of other quality parameters. Absolutely, yeah. So, again, just to confirm, where would you start if you wanted to have bees in, the, in your orchard? So if it, I would go to, to Aussie Bee and, and have a look at, at some local suppliers, get in contact with them, and most of them have a lot of information. It's a, within the native bee industry, everyone is so passionate. Everyone loves, their, loves the bees, and they're more than willing to, um, to talk and, and help people out. And it certainly is an amazing story of a, a, a native insect that is evolved with a native tree and nut. Thank you so much for your time thank today, you. Alyssa, and sharing your experience and expertise with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Australian Macadamia Society podcast. For more information on anything you heard today, please head to our website, australianmacadamias.org industry, or phone the Australian Macadamia Society on 1800 262 426. We look forward to your company next time.